There is always so much to do in Kathmandu. And uh, I guess it's kind of like the New York City of Nepal. So uh, what can I really say? And because of that, it's usually very difficult for me to kind of stay in one general area like Budanath or Swambunath or Tamil or I'm usually visiting many different locations all in one day based on trying to get a certain kind or amount of practice in or also just doing some shopping or visiting, uh, you know, some Buddhist holy sites. But This time in Nepal, I really wanted to spend one full day at Budhanath Stupa. And by that, what what I really mean by that is just to really enjoy what Budhanath has to offer, both from a practice standpoint, a tourist standpoint, and a shopping standpoint. So basically, pilgrim, tourist, consumer... Uh, and anything else you want to add on that. And it's rare, okay, it's rare that I actually spend one full day anywhere. Now, Budanath makes the, the most sense uh, because I'm. that's where my hotel is at. Uh, I got a podcast coming up called A Day in Lumbini. It's not hard to spend a whole day in Lumbini because it's very small, and I'm just there to go to the birthplace of Buddha. But Budanath, there are so many cool places to go to in Kathmandu. Like I said, the New York City of Nepal. Um, but I really, you know, I, I really wanted to spend just a whole day kind of really focusing on Budanath. And this is what I got out of it. And, and, you know, a lot of this has kind of a practice overtone. So if you're not Buddhist, just bear with me. And if you're not really into faith in any capacity, then just kind of bear with me. It's still nonetheless, uh, it's a very cool story, just kind of noticing the ebb and flow of of people at different times and uh, at different times throughout the day, basically. Uh, and it's kind of like when I used to work at the Pike Place Market, I used to get there super early and I just would watch the market wake up, move into midday, move into lunch, which had a whole different vibe, move into mid-afternoon day and even closing, like closing down the market in the hour after and the hour before. We typically worked 11-hour days in the Pike Place Market. Um, so I got up early. I got up super early on the one day I decided to spend the entire day in, in Budanath. And it was after my five, six-day excursion to Halasi and Timal and Namo Buddha. I came back from that day. I woke up in Namo Buddha, uh, came back, did Budanath stupa, and then went to Swambu. So the next day was just kind of a relaxed day, mostly because those six days were... Uh, it was difficult moving through all that. So I wake up in Budanath. It's 6 a.m. I get up at 6, and by 6.15, I am at Budanath Stupa doing morning practice. And initially, when I go to this area, there's the Stupa, Budanath, uh, very famous, and then there's a market surrounding it. And the market's waking up. I see people getting ready. Uh, and that's nice because it's kind of quiet. 
uh, it's got real early morning slowness activity. People are waking up. Uh, there aren't a lot of homeless people out. There aren't a lot of beggars out. It's just basically, you know, people opening their shops and and not just the shops because those don't open till nine typically, but more so kind of the outer market area. Um, and it's just people with carts kind of getting ready, selling food. The market opens early. People coming to get food, uh, produce, things of that nature. And initially I go to what's called... Uh, like the Buddha Park, Pamasambhava Park. Uh, it's right next to Budanath Stupa. It's a small little area. It has a beautiful statue of Pamasambhava. Um, and I go there and I do 15, 20 minutes of early mantra practice and circumambulation. Uh, it's very small, so I can do a lot of laps. And then I come out and then I have to walk the rest of the way to Budanath. Uh, and then when I get to Budanath, it's basically the same thing as the Pamasambhava Park. Uh, it's a lot of elderly Tibetans doing mantra practice. Now, I, I, I do want to say this. Nepal is mostly Hindu. Uh, it has a lot of Muslims, maybe 10% Buddhist. I encounter a lot of Buddhists because I'm doing a lot of Buddhist things. Um, but one thing I noticed at Budanath stupa in the early morning is just a lot of elderly Tibetan people practicing doing mantra, very traditional stuff, um, and mostly a lot of women. And then there's also people doing full prostrations all the way around because there aren't that many people, as there are at different times. But I do have to say that the early morning slot at Budanath is uh, pretty full. You know, like there's a surprising a surprising amount of people practicing Buddhism uh, early in the morning. So that goes on from about 6 until 7.30 until it kind of tapers off a little bit. It kind of drops down. And from 8 until 10, uh, there aren't that many people practicing around the stupa, but there are a lot more people. There's a lot more activity because shops are starting to open Tourists are showing up. People are shopping. Uh, business is starting to get into flow. Uh, and then there's a lot of business owners that are practicing. There's people at the stupa, but not like the early morning. And then it's more, you know, people in their kind of late 20s and 30s, business owners, early 40s hanging out. Uh, and a lot of monks and nuns, I notice, are coming out a little more in that time frame. There are a lot in the morning, of course, but also, you know, around the 10, 30, 11 o'clock hour, like it's starting to pick up again. It's really quite interesting, uh, a day at Budanath, um, because now we're starting to get the lunchtime crowd coming out to practice. And from 10.30, 10.45 until about noon, it's like really full with a whole bunch of different kinds of people. I, I can't even put a finger on it, so to speak. But yeah, there are a lot of tourists. You see a lot of tourist groups. Like, uh, you know, Nepal is very brown to dark brown to black. So to see a group of like 15 Europeans hanging out with a tour guide 
uh, it sticks out. And there'll be like four of them hanging out, getting ready to do a little tour and get some information, walk around and doing some shopping. But then there's also just a lot more business people practicing. There's a lot of monks and nuns hanging out. Uh, there, I do start to notice, I, or at least I did start to notice, that there's a lot of mothers and their children coming to practice. And I think that's a pretty sweet thing. Oh, excuse me, I'm drinking a little tea. And uh, yeah, and then there's, you know, there's benches there, so people are hanging out. There's a lot of interaction. There's a lot of communication. People are meeting each other for, for coffee, for tea. There's a lot of business transaction. It's just a, a kind of a big free-for-all up until about 1 or 2 o'clock, 1, one thirty ish And then around 2, it starts to change again. It starts to taper off. There aren't that many people practicing. I'm starting to see more devoted practitioners, people doing prostrations. There's more monastic people out. Uh, there's still always a lot of tourists taking the time to uh, at least walk around the stupa. Um, but I, in all due fairness, I do see more tourists late at night. Um, and then there's always a lot of activity at Budenath stupa. There's a lot of ceremonies. Uh, monasteries come out and practice. There's like little micro festivals going on. You know, it's... Uh, you know, it's pretty interesting to just kind of hang out all day. I eat lunch there. You know, I try to find a place that's got a, like a balcony so I can look out and just kind of watch what's going on. Uh, there's prayer flags. You know, there's the giant eyes on top of Budenath Stupa that are looking in every direction. Um, yeah, it's really, you know what, it's really quite cool. It's really quite cool. And even in, you know, even if I spend the morning at Budenath Stupa, typically the afternoon I'm going to Swambunath, the monkey temple, or I'm off to Timal, or I'm taking a ride, you know, going to Asura Cave or something else, you know, just visiting another sacred site or even making a trip inside Kathmandu to some other place. But no, here I am just hanging out. And I th this was great spending the day there because not only was I doing a lot of practice, but I also had I also took extra time to just kind of wander around to some areas that I normally don't get to uh, venture out a little further to the outer rim territories, do a little more shopping. You know, uh, usually around the lunchtime is when I just kind of venture out and look for new places to eat, try some new food or coffee shops and just do some, not only Dharma shopping, but some personal shopping. I'm looking for certain items to carry back, like I needed a suitcase. And, you know, and then it's like, uh, you know, it's two o'clock and things are really starting to mellow out again. It, it's interesting how it ebbs and flows practice-wise at Budenath. Um, so I took the opportunity to go back to my hotel room and take a nice shower because uh, there's no cold water in the morning at my hotel. Uh, and it typically starts showing up after one o'clock. So I went back. I took a nice shower because I know I don't shower in the morning. Um, I just get up, get dressed, go practice. Uh, and then I'm usually drinking coffee around 10. I found I'm always looking for new coffee shops. Um, but yeah, it was great. So right about 2.30, I'm back to the stupa. I'm doing a little bit more shopping. I'm kind of venturing out. I'm coming back. But then I kind of commit like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to just circumambulate for an hour. I'm going to do Cora for an hour and, and practice for a little bit. Uh, and then now it's starting to get to about the four o'clock hour. And then I start to notice that 
the stupa is getting pretty packed. Now, uh, Budenoth stupa is kind of round. If you're looking down on it, it's round and it's got layers. And then it's got a circumambulation path around it that's pretty thick. And then it's got like a... It It's just got a little different concrete work. And then it's got like cobblestone. It's got a huge cobblestone path that surrounds it. And then right outside of that cobblestone path are all the markets. So that's pretty wide. That can accommodate a large amount of people. Uh, and it's usually around 4 o'clock that Budenoth Stupa starts rocking. And I mean like people are getting off work. And this is a daily thing for... Many uh, Nepali people, whether they're Buddhist or Tibetan or whatever, even there's a lot of Hindus and Muslims that show up. They are uh, just coming to pay homage to the stupa. So you get you get it all. You get school kids and school uh, uh, school uniforms. You get like corporate people in their suits. You have monks. You have nuns. Uh, you have young monks, lay practitioners, homeless people. Beggars are starting to show up. There's families showing up. There's like teenagers, mid-20-year-olds hanging out. Like you get it all between 4 and 7 o'clock. Like that is when the stupa is rocking. There are so many people like the inner circle is packed and then even the outer circle is pretty full. There is big activity and I've noticed uh, you know, over the 18 days that I was in Kathmandu, <coughs> that time is just blazing. Like people are meeting there. They're getting off work. Uh, they're meeting friends to go out. They're figuring it out. Then you start seeing a lot of TikTokers. There's a lot of people making TikTok videos and YouTube videos. And people are dancing and singing and, and generally having a lot of fun, and it's really a very alive time at Budenoth Stupa, and this happens every day. So I thought that was cool. You know, that's such a great time to hang out. You know, I'm usually trying to get, like, some kind of snack at that point, uh, maybe a, a, a veggie bun or, uh, you know, maybe another cup of coffee or, uh, you know, like roti with bread, which is basically like a egg burrito, you know, wrap kind of thing. And uh, just kind of move into the, the the evening time or the early evening time. I'm, I'm starting to contemplate where I'm going to eat and I'm still doing a lot of practice. I'm still doing a lot of shopping. You know, I'll practice for an hour and then I'll shop for 30 minutes. I'll practice for an hour and a half and shop for an hour, that kind of thing. So the four to seven time frame, um, the four to seven time frame can move pretty quick. And right around the seven o'clock time frame, things change again. So the sun is starting to set. Uh, it's got a beautiful hue on, on the stupa. You know, if people are going out or they're going home or they're, they've left with their families, so uh, the amount of people at the stupa start to relax. It's starting to come into that nighttime, early evening feel. When the day is so beautiful and the sun is setting and people are in a very relaxed mood, uh, people are still practicing. You know, there's a lot of people at the stupa, but not as much as there was around, you know, five o'clock. Um, and it's just moving into a little more relaxed feel. A lot of the shops are starting to close. Uh, there's just...
just a different kind of feel. It's kind of got, it's the end of the day kind of feel. So, you know, the time frame between 7 and 8.30 has more of, of a, a feeling of closure, you know, like uh, uh, bringing things to an end. You know, people are finishing practicing. They're going home with their family. They're done eating dinner. Most of the shops are closed. Uh, a lot of things that are open are some businesses, like some retail businesses, but mostly food places uh, and coffee shops and what like just establishments for drinking and the whatnot. They're still open. So there's activity. And of course, there are people practicing uh, nonstop all day, 24 hours a day at Budnath Stupa. It never closes. Um, and that's really interesting, you know, because now I'm just like, I'm spending deep time at Budenoth. I've, you know, I showed up initially at like 6.15 in the morning. I've spent most of my time there. I've come back to my hotel to shower. Uh, I went and got some food. I found a really nice Chinese place that has a nice Buddhist overtone. A lot of Buddhist monks eat there and monasteries eat there. And uh, I really had a great connection there. So I just started going there and the food is exceptionally good. Um and they have a lot of variety, which is great. So then, you know, it's probably like 7.30 and I come out. And so I go back to my hotel so I can get a change of clothes. Uh, maybe take another quick shower, another quick hot shower. Because late night, there's also no hot water at my hotel. So usually I need, I need to shower between 2 and 7, 8 o'clock. And uh, so I go back, take a quick shower, change my clothes, put on a coat. Uh, lighten my load. If I bought anything, then I'm just going to drop it off and then I'm going to go back to the stupa, you know, and do some more nighttime practice. Uh, you know, I just have a water bottle and uh, my backpack. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to do like now I'm just going to go kick it for some deep late night practice. There aren't that many people out now. It's starting to get dark. It's not quite dark yet, but there. uh there's still a lot of people practicing. However, this is important. The police have not showed up. So there's security guards that show up. There's like six of them that show up uh, and they hang out all night long from like probably nine o'clock at night until five in the morning is probably their shift. I've showed up at, at Budenath Stupa at 530 and um, I think I saw a couple police officers there and people practicing. So you know, the nighttime is really interesting because there aren't that many people out practicing, uh, doing mantras late night, but there there are a certain type of people. So there's I see people doing full prostration practice because there aren't that many people. Uh, it's not that congested, so it's easy to kind of circumambulate and do that practice. Um, and then I, I see a lot of tourists out at that time. So there's a number of hotels right there at Budenath and all wrapped around. So I think it's just easier for people when they're out doing stuff, they can come back and they can um, practice late night. So typically from 8 until 10, I would see a lot of Westerners, you know, a lot of pale-skinned people, white people, uh, Europeans and uh, foreigners uh, not necessarily always white, but just foreigners practicing. Um, 
And there are a lot of monastics hanging out, but mostly they're kind of like sitting on benches talking with people. And then there's like, there's a group of people that sell tea. You can buy hot tea from people for like 25 rupees, which is you're pretty inexpensive. Uh, maybe 40 rupees. Let me see here. Let me, let me pull this up real quick. Get my calculator out. So 40 rupees is like... Um, Oh, that's 30 cents. Yeah, that's not that much money for a nice, you know, eight ounce cup of tea or 10 ounce cup of tea. Um, but it really thins out. You don't see a lot of uh, like really young people there or a lot of really old people there. You see a lot of like late 20s, a lot of 30s, 40s and 50s early 50s right so the extremes of age are are gone they're either at home with their parents or you know they're just tired um and there's a lot of foreigners out and then after 10 o'clock it gets like pretty barren um there are very few people practicing i see mostly a lot of dogs like after 10 o'clock 10 11 12 o'clock at budanath stupas just Hardly any people, still people practicing. You still see people prostrating their way around. Um, there's like some homeless people hanging out and maybe some street people, street kids having fun. Um, there are, you see police officers because there's the security for Budnath and there are so many stray dogs. While wow, the dogs of Kathmandu, amazing. So many stray uh, mangy dogs, street dogs. And it's interesting to watch the police officers play with them and take care of them and feed them and be nice to them because during the day, people are not. <laughs> and they're pretty awake at night. I see them sleeping a lot in the day. And um, I and I see hardcore people practicing at night. And I'm there, you know, 10 o'clock at night doing mantra, hanging out, uh, just working on my thing. At that time, there are really no businesses are open. Um, and it... You know, it's generally pretty safe, but it's probably not a good idea uh, to be out late at night. Um, but it was, you know, this was the uh, the one day that I made it a point to spend basically the whole day at Budenath. And I think I stayed until about, I don't know, till about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, almost a full 18 hours of my day at Budenath. And it's just, you know, it's really special to watch the ebb and flow of people's devotion at different times of day and to see who shows up at 6 a.m., who's doing practice at 9 a.m., what's going on during lunch uh, at this very sacred special area called Budenath, the stupa. Uh, what happens at two, what happens at four, you know, and then at night, you know, there's like little micro festivals and monasteries are out doing certain practices and there are small groups of people doing things. And, you know, I've seen Har Hare Krishna's there rocking out and uh, yeah, yeah. At night, you know, it's really lively, especially four to seven. And then, you know, it just gets to a little more quiet, deeper uh, personal practice you know, late night and businesses are closing and, you know, it's nice to watch the Budenoth wake up, uh, to watch the market wake up, to, to smell the market wake up, to feel everything become more and more compressed. Uh, there are a lot of people in Kathmandu, man, it's tight, you know, but 
early morning, late night, it loosens up. And that's it's really very special to watch all of that happen uh, and to spend a whole day just practicing and just being at Budin, just giving myself to Budinath Stupa. You know, and uh, I'm so happy that I did that. And I've had many a conversation with people about uh, this quality of, of uh, you know, when certain types of people come in practice and how one place changes over the course of a day. You see so many beautiful things. As this one guy, this shop owner said, he said, you see all four seasons of people in one, if you can spend one full day here. Uh, and I did. It was very beautiful. Uh, I look forward to doing it again, my friends. I look forward to doing it again. Okay, with that, uh, uh, let's just call it a podcast, one of my longer ones. Um, uh, this is uh, the One Hand Speaks Storytelling Podcast, podcast number 317, A Day at Budanath Stupa in Kathmandu, Nepal. See, I told you, he's strange and wonderful. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks. Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets. <laughs>